Hi everybody, my name is John Coleman and welcome to episode 3 of the Little All Ireland Football. This week's episode is coming to you from Dingle and as soon as I'm finished uh, discussing what was another very interesting weekend in the Bond Secures Cork Football Championships, it's my intention to do everything in my power to avoid speaking about football for the next few days for obvious reasons. Nonetheless, I am looking forward to discussing what was an, another very entertaining weekend in the championships and just another um, affirmation of really what a fantastic structure we now have uh, in our championships. So I think there were three things that made this such a good weekend. One was the, the amount of local derbies that were on, particularly at the lower grades. I thought that brought great colour, great bit of hype and everything to, to the table. And of course, the weather was just incredible. It made life very difficult for the players, obviously, but at the same time, it probably you know led to a more entertaining brand of football. I certainly thought you know there was higher scores than we're used to seeing. Just be, and I think the weather played its part in that. And then at Premier Senior level, I thought we saw a real gap emerging between the three outstanding teams in the Championship and the chasing pack. You don't need to be a rocket scientists to figure out who those three teams I am referring who those three teams I'm referring to are. You know, you've St. Finbars, reigning champions, reigning monster champions, you've Nemo Rangers, the most successful club in the history of Cork football, and you've Castlehaven, um, who have been knocking on the door for the past few years and are an excellent team. And I think what those three teams have, as much as anything else, is that they have have excellent forwards. And really I suppose when you get to the higher levels of football, the better your forwards are, the better team the better team you have. And I think if you look at, you could it was a something that might have been thrown at the bars for a couple of years that they relied too much on Stephen Sherlock, but the emergence of Ethan Toomey this year and Brian Hayes last year and throwing Killian Myers Murray has taken a bit of pressure off Sherlock as well. We will speak a bit about that later. Then in, with Nemo, you know you've Mark Cronin to go along with the mercurial talents of Luke Conley, while Paul Kerrigan and Barry O'Driscoll are still serious footballers at this level, and then Castlehaven have Brian and Michael Hurley, and they also have of course a Jack Callan. And then even coming from midfield, Mark Collins and his ability to kick long-range scores. And those three teams, I think, play a more attacking brand of football because it favours the players they have too. They have forwards can really hurt you. And down in Clannacilty, we saw on Saturday evening, we saw how those respective forwards could hurt one another because I must say, and that's where we'll start this week at Group C and uh, Castlehaven versus Nemo on Saturday evening. And that was just a fantastic occasion reminded me of the county semi-final between Castlehaven and St. Finbars last year and that was the first time I'd come out of a, a football game in Cork in a long time enthralled by what I'd seen and that's very much how I felt on the drive home with my dad on Saturday night I just thought it was a great game a great occasion and you know it was one of those evenings where you're speaking about the game all the way home and all the permutations that it, that, that came out of it so it was a really really good game it ebbed, it flowed, you thought Nemo were in control, next thing Castlehaven were in control and you know the way both teams got themselves back into the game were, was the result of good football you know and I think that was you know obviously led to a fantastic spectacle. Um, Nemo looked in total control at half time you know they were brilliant in the first half probably should have gone, gone in more more ahead they could have they had two goals you know Luke Conley had a penalty after Kevin O'Donnell was fouled and Kevin uh, Fulgonati had a, a very good goal as well but they could have had another three goals Anthony Seymour made a couple of great saves and then there was the black card incident um, which would have you wondering was it was it was a black card really you know the, the right was the, was a black card sufficient for what happened because it was a dangerous enough tackle but nonetheless um, Nemo should have been up more at half time and what they were doing very well in that first half as well was that Stephen Cronin 
as he is so good at, was playing in front of the Castlehaven full forward line and cutting out the supply of ball into Hurley and Catalan. And like any time Breen Hurley got the ball, he looked dangerous, kicked a few good scores, even in the first half when Castlehaven weren't going great. And when Jack Catalan scored an absolute peach of a goal, very aesthetically pleasing, undersided across bar and everything. Everyone loves watching those ones. But the Haven looked in, in trouble. But what changed the game, I thought, was just after half time when Stephen Cronin went down and went off injured. It was a very innocuous kind of challenge, but it looked like it was something up around his collarbone. But it really changed Nemo's game plan. And they probably hadn't anybody. Well, they certainly took them a, time, a while to figure out who was the person to play that Stephen Cronin role. And Castlehaven then made that more difficult by pushing up. So because they were chasing the game, they had to come out and play more attacking football, which as a neutral down in Clan made for the evening. It was great. And I still thought that if the Haven were going to get the win, that they'd need a goal. But to be fair to them, you know, they, they came back kicking great scores. Breen Hurley kicked a couple of really good frees, even on the wrong side for a right footer. Damien Callan came forward and kicked a good point. Mark Collins did the same. And with two or, after being in a place at half time where you thought Nemo were in the dominant position, with two or three minutes to go, it looked like there was only going to be one winner in the game, you know, Castle Haven, especially when they, when they went ahead. And then there was the goal, the Luke Handy's second goal, which was just a real touch of class. I felt a bit sorry for Rory Maguire, who gave the kind of straight pass across the middle of the field, and he he played very well up in, you know all game. But of all the person for all the players, it it could have fallen to it. It fell to the most dangerous player on the pitch, and even in that, as Luke Handy got the ball fifty yards from goal, I would say every Nemo person there were probably encouraging him to take his point while at the same time knowing he'd go for goal I think most forwards would have taken their um, their point but he's not most forwards and like he even slipped and you thought the chance had gone and next thing he was up and it was what a finish across Anthony Seymour gave him no chance it was a great goal and I thought it was just a, a kind of perfect ending to a great occasion and um, I'm sure the Castlehaven supporters out there disagree with me but I think in the long run Castlehaven will take a lot out of that game uh, I think um They'll, they'll learn an awful lot from it in terms of when they were playing on the front foot and they really trapped Nemo in their own half and dictated the terms around the middle of the field, put huge pressure on Michal A. Martin's kickouts, and that's when they played their best stuff of the game. So they take a lot from it, and it's the beauty of the round robin situation. You know, it wasn't, it was highly, highly competitive, it was really, really important, but they both have another go at things. You know, and the, ha- or the Haven will fancy themselves to beat Newstown the last game, of course. As we all know, Newstown give nothing away easily. And Newstown now, after the good draw against Clannacilty yesterday, which we'll speak about in a minute, have a chance of qualifying. And that result also means that Nemo are true. And that's a huge result for them, especially after last year. You know, for them not to qualify from the group stages, I can imagine that didn't sit well over in Nemo. And I'd imagine there was a lot of thaw talking about it and a lot of um, thinking about it over the winter. And the way they attacked the league this year as well, like they were decimating teams every, every second weekend. It's their centenary year, and you could see that the victory meant an awful lot to them after the game. So it was a really brilliant occasion. I really enjoyed it, and both of those teams are going to be, you know, there thereabouts in the, in when it, when we get to the last four of this competition. And after the game, I got to speak to Nemo Rangers manager Paul O'Donovan. So Paul, that was a roller coaster. He was in a very comfortable position at half time, and um, and played great stuff in the first half. So he must have been relatively happy at half time. Delighted at half time, but as I said to the lads, like they're a class side, they've proven that time and time again. When you've got the two Hurleys, the Callans, Matt Collins on the team, they're going to come into it and they were going to get a purple patch. They had started very well in the first half and I felt then in the second half for 15 20 minutes there, they had us under the cosh. 
and in fairness, Luke stepped up with a, a great, a fantastic goal. We'll come to that in a minute. I thought Stephen Cronin going off injured changed yeah. games because he was covering off for De Bruyne Hurley very well. I he thought. was. Uh, Stephen's a huge player for us, absolutely huge player for us, and uh, he was. He was being a good bit of solidity to the full to the full back line. Brian Hurley there obviously is the guy you have to watch inside there, and he did it very well in fairness to him. Um, I think that. It was a bit, you know, when you're bringing on subs and you're trying to rearrange, you're trying to get someone else to do that job and you're asking guys, plus they pushed up. They pushed up, they put numbers up the field in the second half, which they hadn't done in the first half. And that changed the dynamics then and everything. But uh, it's, we're delighted to come out on top. They're still a class outfit. They're going to have a big say in where this championship is going yet. Absolutely. I suppose Luke's goal to win it, when I was going through, I'd say 99% of forwards in the country would have taken their point, but... He isn't. Luke, uh, he's Luke in that is 1% isn't he? Luke, Luke is in that 1%. Yeah, he is. He's class. I mean, in fairness, I thought he was excellent today, particularly in the first half. Uh, first five, ten minutes there where we seemed to be under the cash. Luke was up here. I think he got one three of our first, uh, the first one three we scored. That was outstanding. Uh, like, if you're telling me that there's 15 better players in Cork than Luke Hanley, then we should be putting our house in Cork for the All-Ireland because he was pure class there tonight. And it is a big year for you. The intermediate had a, Premier Intermediates had a great win last week. It's the 100th anniversary. So yeah. the club really is coming together. Not that it ever doesn't, obviously. Yeah, it's it's probably... It is a big year for the club, obviously. We want we went to try and do it in style if we can. That, that's... Uh, that's in other days' work, we, we might have, if, if Clannock Kilty were to win tomorrow, we have to win our next game, that's it. But look, uh, as you say, look, we were just saying to the lads there that it's important that we all get out and support our intermediate team tomorrow. They had a great win against Kilimatra, they're after losing uh, three guys there now, plus um, Colin Coyley, who had a fantastic game from the last time, is out injured, he got injured in hurling. So, like, they're down four, uh, their half forward line is gone there now. So, but look, we have a good, strong panel. Other guys, as we did tonight, guys steps out, a guy steps in. The same will have to happen with our Premier Intermediate team. And we'll speak about the Nemo Premier Intermediate team uh, later on, obviously. But first, we'll go to Bandon and the other game in Group C where Clannacilty and Newcestown drew. So, Clannacilty had such a good year last year, getting all the way to the county final and brought the bars right down the stretch in it. And they're struggling a bit this year. Um, they didn't have a great league campaign. And... Even when you watched the Castle Haven game on the Irish Examiner stream, you could see that perhaps while they were playing very well from front, you know, up until the opponent's forty-five, scores was their problem, and maybe that just comes back to what I was saying at the start of the podcast as well in terms of having a bit of class up front. And what hasn't helped Clannacilty there is losing uh, Dar O'Shea, who's gone back home to the Gaeltacht, and as well, of course, they've lost Liam O'Donovan, who's just such an exciting and important player for them but clan as well they're, they're still alive you know it's a draw that leaves helps nobody really keeps nooses town and clan in a bit of limbo but at the same time still in with every chance of qualifying if, if that makes sense but um Noose, i suppose clan were up four points twice and were pegged back twice and were actually trailing going in injury time so if they had lost the game it would have been a real real sickener for them but they did well, and I think it was um, Joe Grimes got the equalising score for them. So again, there, there's going to be a roller coaster of emotions for them this week as they as they go into the, into the break. But they're both still there. And for Newcastle again, it's been a tough few weeks for them. That's four weeks in a row with hurling and football, and to finish off with a draw when you were again to, to flip the clan of Kilty one over when you were four points down twice. You know they'd be relatively happy with that, and they probably have a, their destiny in their own hands at least going to the final game against Castlehaven, and they won't they won't fear them, um, because that's just the way not the way that's the way Newstone operate. They're just one of the most competitive uh, teams in the county, and I see Jack Mead got a, a good goal for them 
as well again so that's group c where you've nemo qualified and you've um everyone else would a chance to qualify but probably castlehaven favorites to qualify should they beat newsystown which most people would expect them to do that brings us to group a and the other team we spoke about at the start and i went to park you went to watch uh, st Finn bars and carrigaline and you know the bars are playing just like champions they have that um confidence built up within them now as well like what they have had for the last few years as much as anything else they have an outstanding defense you know um their one-on-one defending in particular is outstanding they're really well coached in that way um maybe nobody kind of is the best there's no better example of that maybe than jamie burns you know who's just a great club player in cork and hurling and football and it's a yesterday he was very good as well he just gets those arms in all the time but like the bars cruised through the game yesterday um and they were only in second gear and did the game you know it was like four points to three for about 10 15 minutes the next thing they tagged on one five you know without even what i won't say without breaking building up a sweat for the weekend it was in it but they're really impressive and they're playing with that inner confidence and their panel is getting really really strong now so you've Conor Denny is back. Um, Dylan Quinn is, was playing as well yesterday. A guy who suffered a lot with injuries the past few years. You know, so that that's bolstering their their defence. Then throw in Ethan Toomey is really coming out of his shell. He kicked a one three yesterday, and uh, he and then Ben O'Connor came and he kicked three points in the first round against Airog. You know Ben O'Connor came on. Then we were speaking about him in the hurling uh, show last week, and you know but he was so good in the air. Got a great mark, kicked a good point, and looked looked hungry for goals. Actually, in particular, when he came on, Killian Murray's Murray was outstanding. Kicked ten points, had a goal very harshly disallowed as well, and they just oozed class. I thought Ian Maguire midfield, you know, most important player in Cork football, and they were doing all this. And Brian Hayes was outstanding yesterday. He just covered the ground so easily, and you know, scored two three. I think it was, um, and they were doing all this without Stephen Sherlock, you know. It, and it shows maybe where they are as a club as well that you know yeah I think he had to get a minor operation so they did it before the Aero game knowing now that they you know they have a bit more strength and depth than they used to have and while of course he is still probably their most important player in terms of winning games at the same time you know if these other guys can continue to step up to the plate that's when you're going to create more space for Sherlock because you know you might be able to shut down one player but if you have two three four forwards it gets harder to shut them all down the same day and that's how great teams are created is when they have that those options up front so it was a really you know very comfortable win for the bars they've they've qualified with no fuss you know they're through probably favorites to take the top seed and and a place in the semi-finals uh, before they play carby rangers in the final game and it's been a very tough campaign for Carrigaline. You know, they're, you could see them yesterday. They're a very young team. I thought Reese McCarthy looked very good up front when he did get the ball. Uh, but they've, struggled, they've been struggling for a couple of years now. But, you know, I suppose if they can stay up again this year um, and they'll have those young players get another year, you know, Division 1, 2 football, another another round of Premier Senior football into them, they'd be hoping they'd be able to develop because they, they definitely had a few decent players, but they just did look very young. And when you're coming up against the the champions and you know the seasoned players like that it's very very tough for young players and after the game we had a brief chat with uh, St Finbar's manager Paul O'Keefe. Well Paul that's an ultra professional start to the campaign two wins out of two and you know and using your panel very well I think. Yeah look you, you'd have to be happy with that you know look um, I suppose kind of been optimistic before the game you were hoping you were going to get a result like that today you know uh, with no disrespect to Carrigaline you know but look I suppose we kind of felt look that if that if we could get a push on that you know we might be able to put up a, a, a decent score and you know maybe look towards 
you know, building a good points difference going into our last game, and then then seeing where that see where that takes you. You know, um, you know, look, you, and I suppose look, our last game is is against Carberry. Like you're never going to underestimate underestimate Carberry, especially after the drama we've had with them over the last couple of years. You know, so, um, but yeah, look, two from two, brilliant. You know, job done. I think I think that qualifies us out of the group if I'm not mistaken, which was which is always going to be our target. You know, but. Um, yeah, you know, good day's work done. I suppose what's standing out for, uh, over the first couple of games is your panel seems to be expanding all the time. You know, that Stephen Sherlock obviously had a little operation, yeah. but you've legs of Ethan Toomey yeah. and Ben O'Connor coming yeah. in, and Connor then he coming back from, from sure. being abroad and stuff as well. Yeah. So that must be, the I competition for places must be fantastic. It's ferocious, yeah. Look, and, and there's a load of like young talent after coming through over the last few years, you know, like in the last year's minor team, you know, you fellas like, you know, Ben and kind of William Buckley, Kieran Doolan, all these kind of fellas in the background as well, which are, you know, putting pressure on the, the you know the, the first 15 as well which is kind of what you want you know but look there is there is a lot of kind of talent coming through underage and, and kind of more beneath that as well you know so like it's it, it's trying to trying to make sure that you're bringing those players through in terms of development overall and like it does add to the depth of the panel like we probably would have been stronger like only for the fact that we played intermediate yesterday it kind of limited on you know so we had to pull one or two lads from the intermediate which which probably cost us yesterday but look I suppose it's all about the senior game at the end of the day. So the Bars are qualified and so are Carby Rangers after they had a very good win over ARO coming from behind at half time and it's a very impressive victory for them and they're two for two which is for a team who are rebuilding they must be delighted with that you know next you know they don't have to worry about anything for 2023 so they can play a bit more freedom and they will play the Bars in the deciding game and I, I think just as I said they're rebuilding and I think they're reaping the benefit I know Mount St. Michael uh, the secondary school down there have been going well um, in the B competitions Munster football sometimes we get very maybe overly worried about, you know, Kearney Vrie and the Harty and all that. But, you know, Munster B College's football in particular is a very high standard. They, they lost the final to Abbey CBS this year and they won it, I think, maybe two, three years ago too. And I know there's a few players from there coming from, from those um, Mount St. Michael teams coming into the, to the Ross panel at the moment. So that's a help for them. You know, Dara Hayes got a goal again yesterday and I know he scored very heavily during the league when I was keeping an eye on them too. So it's a huge win for Carby Rangers. So when you're rebuilding and if you can maintain your grade, you know, it's just such a huge boost for everybody in the club. They have a free shot at the bars in the next game, nothing to lose, and they're guaranteed, you know, a quarterfinal spot at least. So they're going to be absolutely thrilled with the way they started the campaign. And, you know, Carberry Rangers like, always oh, seem to play a really good brand of football to move the ball at pace into the forward line. Um, I feel sorry for a rogue. A bit of second season uh, syndrome for them to, to an extent, but I know they're absolutely um, annihilated by injuries at the moment too. Of course, the dual question is is hampering that then as well. If you're if there's players dropping like flies every week and then you're playing week on week, it becomes very very tough in the dual clubs. So I do feel sorry for him. Um, you know, and it was such a close game. I do think they're they're a very good Premier Senior team, and I just hope they kind of show that over the next couple of weeks as well because I think they're a right good team. Um, and I suppose what all they'll want to do now in the last round against Carrigline is secure their senior status for next year and just go in and rebuild again over the winter. There's some good young players coming through. There's obviously all the players we know about in, in the likes of you know Colin McCallan and Daniel Goulding will still have another couple of years in them at this level. They brought they had Mark Griffin from Kerry in with them this year as well. They've uh, the two good young goalkeepers from Cork, Chris Kelly, um, and they're a good team. And you know John Cooper who was, was very good with Cork this year. Um, so they have a very good team. So I just you know it, they're at the stage now just 
secure secure your um your grade for next season rebuild and come back stronger and i think they will do that next year as well so um and the second year your can be tough as well you're on such a roll after winning a county and everything and sometimes you can just flatline a bit so i think there's an element of that perhaps to things as well but definitely the week on week is very tough in the dual clubs so that's group c is or group a i should say is done and dusted and which brings us to group b um and we'll i'll begin by speaking about douglas and ballon colleague in that game because i was at that game yesterday as well and it was a huge, like, Douglas and Ballincollig are two very big clubs who are possibly underachieving. Uh, Douglas had Shawnee Powder back, and um, Ballincollig had Keane Dorgan back as well, who was missing for the Mallow game. Uh, I, I was at the, I saw Ballincollig and Mallow as well, so it's my, my second time seeing Ballincollig this year. Um, and the game was kind of pedestrian enough in the first half, um, but I suppose the heat did play its part in that. It was probably the hottest it was all weekend, maybe at, at you know, four o'clock on on, on Sunday evening but it was a very exciting finish and to be fair to, to Andrew Cotter the Douglas Conn forward he kicked a monster I'm sure everyone's seen the the examiner stream tweet of it like you know it was an absolute monster free 60 yards out all the way it was brilliant altogether and it was a very exciting conclusion to that game you know both the the, the lead swapped hands you know, every every so often, Ballincottig looked like they were they were going to win it. Then Douglas would peg them back, looked like they might push on. Um, but there are two sides who are kind of, you know, they're in limbo a bit at the moment. Um, they're both still alive in the championship after the result, which is which is I suppose all you want going into the final game. Ballincottig have that bit more control over their destiny because if they beat the Valley, Valley Rovers, they're through. Whereas Douglas will be relying. Um, and something else happening that their their fate is out of their hands as they go into play Mallow, but Mallow then are qualified, and we'll obviously speak about that game in a second as well. Um, but I suppose again to bring it back to maybe a common theme of of, of this week's show, forwards were kind of very important as well yesterday, and Ballincollig, um, you know, in Darren Murphy had the best forward on the pitch. He kicked seven points from play. I actually was very happy for him because in the first round against Mallow, he got on a lot of ball and he he shot a lot of wides. But it was such it was a really rotten day. But he kept shooting, and I thought that was very it was a good sign of a player that he wasn't afraid to stop shooting that day. So I was really actually happy for him uh, to see him, you know, go so well yesterday as well because I think he's a good player. I saw him um, when St Michael's beat Ballincollig in the under twenty one final a couple of years ago. He was really Ballincollig's best player. So that's where that's where they're at, Douglas and Ballincollig. They're under you know Ballincollig have a great chance, and they still have a good defence with you know Liam Jennings and, and Noel Galvin are still just outstanding players at this level. And I was very taken with their wing forward Liam O'Connell yesterday as well, and in the Mallow game as well. He's you know he got a good goal yesterday, and you know he kind of he's got good pace. And just I think Ballincollig had that bit more cutting edge than Douglas. Douglas, you know, you know they 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 need a top class forward. Um, that's probably something that they're they're lacking at the moment. I think. Um, which brings us to the other game in Group B, and that was um, that was a huge win for um, for for Mallow over Valleys, for over Valley Rovers. You know, they're you know Valleys are a seasoned senior outfit at this stage. Had a great year last year. Uh, had a great year two years ago, and um, you know, and they they're producing good footballers all the time. And Kieran McCarthy, I saw him play Kearney Vere this year with Bandon Hamilton. I was really impressed. Him a very exciting corner forward, uh, but Mallow like. What a huge result for them because after they've been a bit of a yo-yo club the past few years. They've been up, they've been down, and I remember talking to Keith Minan about that after the after the Balancada game, and he was mentioning how he thought it was a bit unfair the way they were relegated a couple of years ago. But they've no worries about that this year. So to follow up the win against Balancada with a very comprehensive victory over Valley Rovers is huge for them. Again, they're into the quarterfinals. It's you know the 
club is going to be buzzing. They have another year to develop and they have some very good young players. I know they're two dual clubs, but I know Mallow have less of a crossover than Valley, so I, I wonder do those things matter. Um, all depends on the results sometimes. And in Ryan Harkin and Sean McDonald, they have a couple of very good forwards. So it's been a tough few weeks for, for Valleys. Um, they've been up, they've been down a couple of good results, a couple of bad results. But, uh, you know, they, they'll have no fear of Balancholic going into the last game either. So in the Premier Senior Championship, there's four of the six places in the knockout stages sorted out at this stage. Nemo have qualified from Group C. You have the Bears and Carby Rangers from Group A and then Mallow from Group uh, B. Which brings us to the Senior A Championship and that's a wide open championship this year, I think. Just looking at the results and a couple of games I saw in the first round. Um, and we'll begin with Group A and Clyde and Newmarket had a, a draw on Friday night. And from a, a neutral's perspective, one of the first things I checked out after seeing that result was, did Conor Corbett play? And he did. He played 60 minutes and he scored two points. And that's good news for everyone. It's good news for Clyde and good news for Cork. Um, maybe some other time I'd love to talk about just the amount of injuries that Cork footballers seem to accrue over the past few years. It just seems so strange. Um, but it's great to see him on the road back. And uh, I know Noel Walsh, who's in charge of Clyde, will be delighted with that as well. Um. I think after beating Ireland in the opening game, Clyde might be slightly disappointed with the draw. They probably fancied themselves coming up against a team who were just promoted. But at the same time, they got the draw. It leaves them on three points and their destiny in their own hands going into the final game. And so Corbett was playing inside with, with Dan O'Callan as well. And uh, they did a bit of damage, I think, in the first half. But um, look, Clyde are, are, as we're on about nooses down, Clyde are in that bracket as well. Just one of the most competitive clubs in the county. And what they... What they achieve with their numbers and everything is just phenomenal. So they're they're in with a good shot going into the last round. I think Newmarket are going to be happy with the draw. Um, for as we've said already, any team moves after gaining promotion, the most important thing the following year is to establish yourselves. You know, and the longer you can stay up in the grade, the better chance you have to, of progressing. So that point will go a long way to establishing them in the in the senior A grade for next year. Um, and they have Island Rovers on the, the last day, so they'll have no fear of that either. So they're going into the last game with a chance of qualification too. Which brings us to the Island O'Donovan Rossa game, which is one of the, the big local derbies over the weekend. Um and that was a big win for Skib, I think, you know. Um I saw Skib last year uh, in the opening round against Bandon. They'd Bandon beaten uh, back in Bandon Scarty. Uh, but just gave away a sloppy goal and ended up losing the game. And I think there's, it just kind of affected the rest of their season. They were one of the favourites probably for uh, for the championship last year because they had a really good campaign the year before. Uh, but they're back on track now. And, you know, that's then qualified two out of two wins. They had a tough enough league campaign, but um, they're in good nick now. You know, they have Kevin Davis up front and Don Cognit or two top-class forwards, especially at senior A level. And I think it was Kevin Hurley and Tomas Hagerty got the goals from at the weekend. Um, so Undonovan Rosser are looking forward to the knockout stages in a good place and they've Clyde a, the, in the last game too. Um, Island Rovers are one of those teams who are, after just incredible run, for them to be playing senior football for so long is is just testament to the character and players they've produced over the past well, 20 years now, I suppose it must be at this stage. They're still reliant on big Dan McGowan up front, but they're definitely in decline. So... Look, they've got a very tough game coming up against Newmarket, who are, you know, if you're looking at the curve there, you know, the, you've one going down and one going up. But at the same time, it's a, it's a game they look at as a very winnable game. And the longer they can stay up senior eight, the, the better chance they have of establishing themselves there and progressing. So that's Group A. Uh, in Group B, um, 
Donny's had a really, really good win. Um, it's a it's a tough group, Group B. Uh, so the Donny's were very good. I saw them against Bela Hungary in the in the first round, and I was impressed with them in the second half in particular. They're very strong around the middle, and um, if they got when they got the ball into Fionn Hurley's hands, he did serious damage like he's a he's a top class player and mark buckle up front is very good for them and i see both of them seem to play well in the bandon game the other night too um so donnie's are on three points with you know good chance of qualification and you you've banned you've donnie's and bail and gary on three points in that group uh and bandon on two points uh sorry kish game on two points and bandon on no points so it's it's the tightest group of of them all at the moment uh, for Bandon, you know, they had a good year last year, but they're struggling a bit this year. They're very reliant, very reliant on uh, Barry Collins up front. He's a class act, but maybe he's not getting enough support uh, up front. And again, it's one of those dual clubs, the turnaround week on week. That's four championship games, four weekends in a row. It's very tough to manage, like, you know, so it, it, I, I really feel for the clubs as well. And it's it's easier to manage if you're winning games when you're losing games. It, I, I'm sure it just feels like a burden. Uh, but you know, Donnies are one of the, you know, they got to the semi-finals last year. Um, they're, they're a team who are going to fancy their chances if they can get out of this group, so they're, they're going well. And the other game was meant to have been a cracking game between Kish Game and Bela Hungary. Um, Kish Game are a crack, really good team. And we were speaking about Conor Corbett a minute ago. Um, it was great to see Sean Meehan play it as well from a, from a neutral and a Cork perspective. But I saw them against Bishopstone last year and I was very impressed with their forward play in particular. And they play a lovely brand of football. I think their season last year turned on losing to Knocknagree in the first round. But look, they're, they're going to be in Division 1 next year. Um, and then Bale and Gary were coming into the game after winning Camortis Pen. The Gaelic they are a very good senior A team for a long time now. Uh, you know, they have the Shortens who are all good forwards. And I was very taken in the Donnie's game with Kuro Lynchig, who was named the full forward, kind of played out around the middle. And he was a really good player. And it's a big, big win for, for, for Bailaha, I think, too. Um, they have been one of the better senior A teams for a long time, but maybe haven't progressed as far as they'd like to in the championship. The game was interesting, too. I think the last time I saw these teams play against one another, the Bailaha manager, uh, Dennis Reen, was managing Kish Kane. So that was kind of a, an interesting one in that game as well. But a, a really good win for Bailaha. And... You know, but uh, and they're going into the final round, uh, playing against Bandon. They'll fancy their chances of qualifying, and you know, Donnie's and Kish game could be the, the game of the weekend in the final round of the Senior A Championship. Um, so that 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 group is really finely poised. That brings us to Group C, and uh, we'll start off with St Michael's, and for my, like Michael's, there's two ways of looking at Michael's. You can say, oh my God, we've lost all these finals. What are we doing wrong? Or you could say they're in the middle of a very successful era and aren't just maybe getting the roles they deserve. I'd be in the latter camp. I really admire what they're doing at the moment. As I said, I was at that under-21 county final they won a couple of years ago, and they're producing a lot of very talented footballers at the moment. And I think it's they will progress, you know, but they just have to know. It's very patronising to say they just have to be patient considering what they've gone through the last few years. But they, you know, they've, they've made, made it two wins from two as well. They're, they're true to the, the knockout stages again, which is where they want to be. They had a very good win. Um, I know young Rory O'Shaughnessy is a very talented player. They have their players around midfield half forward line too. Um, and I think, um, well, my, my postman's a black rock man and he tells me that they're really bringing a lot of the young players as well this year. Um, so it's a it's a fresher St. Michael's team, and that's probably good for them after the few years they've had too. But that's a good win for them, as I said, because for my been on a bit of roll in the hurling and the football. Um, so yeah, they're going to be delighted with that, Michaels. They're clubbing the up, and uh, they're doing a lot of things right. So they're going to be one of the teams to look out for in the last six, 
that's again a fairly obvious statement but they are uh, which brings us to the last game of the Senior A Championship where Bishopstone had a huge win against Knocknagree um, I, I would imagine most of us would have probably picked Knocknagree uh, to win that game I know Bishopstone did have a, a much stronger league campaign this year um, and I know they had Connor Dorman back for the, back. he's back from Australia for a few weeks as well so that's a big boost to them he's been a big loss to them obviously and the Bishopstone underage is going well you know I think their minors won the Division 1 uh, the Premier 1 Football League recently and I think they've made the, the knockout stages of the championship too so you know again if they can just hold for a couple of years they're, they're better players coming underneath as well and I think it was Connor Dunn got the, the late goal that, that, that kind of got them the win and um, as for not agree like what Knock Negree have done is incredible. You know, they play a lovely brand of football. You know, they kick the ball beautifully, they score well, and they're really enjoyable to watch. Um it's inevitable that they're going to have a bit of a plateau after the couple of years they've had. Like just in the numbers game, you know, they're relying on the same guys to do it over and over again. Um so it it there was a sense of inevitability that they were going to have a year that they were going to come back a small bit. Um so they've gone they've lost their first two games, but um, they for mine their last game, um, but Nottingham are a very good team, and if they can just you know get again very much maybe like what we were saying um, about Newmarket earlier, like you know if they can just hang in there again this year, they'll come back stronger again next year as well. They're they're a good team. So so bar skip, everything is still to play for in the Senior A Championship. They're the only team qualified for the knockout stages, hundred percent. So it's it's made for a fantastic fine weekend in three weeks time. As is the Premier Intermediate Football Championship, it's very finely poised. Uh, as far as I can make out, there's no team qualified for the knockout stages 100% yet. Uh, obviously, there could be a bit of scoring difference, um, miracles involved uh, in that. But at the same time, everything is wide open. And we begin with Group A, predictably. And it's, very, it's as finely poised as any of them. And I said at the start of the show about how many local derbies there were this weekend. And none more so, more important maybe than the one between Eve Leary and Kilnamatra. And that was just such an important win for Kilnamatra. Um, there's a lot of pressure on them. They're being, they've been one of the favourites to win this championship for the past four or five years. Like They reached the, the Division 1 football semi-final this year and put it up to the bars as well. But when it comes to the championship, they're just not maybe getting to the getting to the final step where they possibly should be. Um and and that's why this game was such a big win for them. I think it's the kind of one that can turn the season round. You know, they got beaten by Nemo's second team in the first round. There's a huge pressure on them going into this game. Eve Leary are a team on the up with very good attacking talent. You know, they play a lovely brand of football. And for them to get the win I think is a huge win for them. And it's something that could be a catalyst for them to maybe go on further in this competition with great confidence. Um, I see Mihalo Dasuna again was their top scorer, 1-6. You know, he always seems to be just up there. He's a very good player. And then they've, you know, Mikey and Dan Odenin too. So they have good forwards. And, you know, we mentioned that at the start of the show as well. And maybe the quality of your, quality of your forwards can be even more important sometimes down, down the grades. Um, and then for Eve Laird, they're good forwards as well. You know, Carl Vaughan, Ian Jones. But look, they're establishing themselves. They've, had, they've won one game. And they'll go into Eve Leary, they'll go into the Nemo game with their, you know, with a good chance of, of qualifying for the final round. But, you know, Kilimatra will look at St. Vincent's in the final game and fasten themselves to get the win there and hopefully get out of the group, you know. Um, which brings the other game to group where, well, what more is there to say about Nemo Rangers? You know, for their Premier Intermediate team to be two wins from two, you know, um, is an incredible achievement for them, I, I think. And it probably says a lot about Nemo. What makes them what they are is pros possibly... Their 
the way they just create good club players. They're whatever they do in their coaching, you know, for they all they always have superstars, but they just create such solid footballers all the time. Um, so you know, and that's another good example of that. So it's a really good win for them, especially when you think about what Paul O'Donovan told us earlier in terms of they lost pretty much their entire half forward line uh, to the senior team on Saturday. Um, but there's still some good young players coming through. You know, the Kieran Dalton and uh, Ross Cochrane. You know, who's a guy I suppose we'll keep an eye on over the name as much as anything else. Um, but you know, yeah, that's a huge one for Nemo. Vincent's are another one of those teams. Saint Vincent's are another one of those teams. Then who are you know. Just hanging in there. They've been in decline for a while. And they're in big trouble really with Kilimatra up in the final game. So that's uh, group, group A. Group B, well, I think with the weather we had over the weekend, if you had given anybody a chance of what game they'd go to, I think I would have gone to the Battle of the Bay. You know, Bantry versus uh, Castonbury in Adrigal and just an absolutely beautiful, stunning day. I hear the atmosphere was amazing down there. It's definitely the prettiest game of the weekend. And if I was... A man of no responsibilities. That's exactly where I think I would have gone and uh, and and gone somewhere to enjoy the weather afterwards as well. Um, big win for Bantry again. They've they've great momentum. I've always had a soft spot for Bantry. I loved their county winning teams from the late nineties with Damien O'Neill and Mark O'Connor and Patrick O'Regan and, and Des McCauley, a young Graham Canty, Paul O'Rourke. They were a team I always loved. Um, but for them, the way they've won their first two games is is huge. They've won them with late goals, you know, and again gets momentum it builds belief and especially for a team you know they've been stagnating and declining for the past couple of years the last you know so for them to win a couple of big games is very important for them so they're they're going to be going into the next uh, the final game full of confidence um and maybe goals win games you know 311 to 19 points you know so the goals were vital i think it was arthur coakley um was their top scorer while gary murphy did well for castletown and castletown you know i, I know they have a few good young players coming through and public skull uh Pub is called Beira won the All Ireland D College this year as well. And there's a lot of very strong teams on that. And look, they still have a good chance. They have a chance of qualifying uh, out of this group yet. You know, they 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 won their first round game. So all to play for for them too as well going into the final game. And the other game of the group was Ada versus Napiershig. Uh and Ada had a really strong win. They got caught, I suppose, a bit in the first round by Bantry. They probably would have fancied themselves to beat them. Because they had a very good, very strong league cam- campaign. Had, uh, uh, but they're back on track after a very uh, impressive win over the Pearshik. Um And had a, as I said, you know, did a Fintan Cody got two three, and did a lot of lads playing with him Achille in the senior football this year as well. Which probably did them no harm either. But um, yeah, and for the Pearshik, that's just been a very bad few weeks for him. You know, they're in a relegation dogfight really you now in hurling and football. And um, yeah, so you know, hopefully they they'll be able to turn things around for themselves. And that brings us to Group C and another one of those local derbies we spoke about at the start when Cantor played Rock Chapel. Another good win for Cantor and they've had an interesting four weeks. They had a good football win, sandwiched by two disappointing hurling results and they finished off with a good football win again. The Walsh has only combined for 2-14 this week, but it's a very important win for them just in terms of momentum and everything after a couple of bad hurling results. Um, like I think they were up 17 points at one stage and... Like fair play to Rock Chapel for bringing it back to five points, and that could be huge for them, you know, because scoring difference could be very important at the tail end of this group yet. And I think with Mikey McCall, have got four goals, which is some going. Um, I actually just first, I, 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 I must say, I've never seen uh, him play, but I, he did come to my attention when uh, Rock Chapel lost the league semi final to Ada, and I was just keeping an eye on, on the, the scores and stuff, and he, he seemed to score heavily in that game as well. So, look, Rock Chapel have. They won an amazing intermediate county when they when they beat Mitchell so maybe against the head um a while back there so you know they've established themselves they're a very good team 
and they'll have Neva Bond in their last game and they will fancy their chances in that game because Neva Bond um, had a bit of a, a tough night out against McCroom and another one of those games that shows that goals win matches. McCroom scored four goals, uh, David Hogan with two of them and Neva Bond scored none. And I'd imagine uh, Neva Bond had a target on their backs going back to last year after they beat McCroom with a late goal. So um, that was another one, another one of those local derbies. So McCroom will have Kanturk in the last game and Rock Chapel will have Neva Bond. And I suppose you probably fancy Rock Chapel to join uh, Canturk in the knockout stages after that. So, yeah, things are like outside of the Premier scene of football, things are very finely poised down the grades. It's the same in the, in the Intermediate A Football Championship, but again, much like the hurling, we'll try and dig down into that once the, um, once the once we get to the knockout stages. So, yeah, another very exciting uh, weekend of club action in Cork. It's been great, and I think we all deserve a break this weekend. Um, we'll just have the divisional games to keep an eye on. So. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Um, I will take a break next weekend, but what I'm hoping to do is to get somebody in to, to preview the last round of hurling games uh, next week. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening to episode three of Little All-Ireland. Uh, Slán Tórára.